Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. You swear on the podcast. That's never been done before. It never was done in NBC. I've certainly have done that. I've broke that down and, and broke the ice there. Certainly, yep. I'm not sure if that's what they were looking for to be broken. <laughs> oh, that's right, baby. Rule breakers. Rules were meant to be fucking broken. That's right. Welcome to NBC. Chris Sims unbutton. Boom, and it'll be real news. I mean, come on, me swearing. I mean, shocker. That's what I do. I mean, yeah. I say hello to you in a lot of ways with swears, as you know. They go, we'll let you swear. for the fr- We've never done this before. Right. We'll let you swear on NBC. Right. We're going to pair you with a guy who doesn't really even swear well, when he's off where camera. That's I was going to go. Let's get to real. This <laughs> doesn't really swear. No, doesn't swear yeah. off camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'll be real news, or it's going to be a prize or something baked into the podcast at yeah. some point. Or a bet you're going to have to pay. Ooh, that's good. Where you're going to have to say a swear. No, yeah. I will I will swear on a podcast. Right. And if the homies catch it, right. they have a chance to win a mug in a future <laughs> date. They will figure that out. Yeah, right, right, right. Like, they wouldn't catch it, right? They're not going to catch you. No, I've said this before. We'll do it like a, uh, like a charity, a charity thing, yes, like a charity like thing. That. Right. The more we'll you pay, it. the more four-letter words Ahmed will say. <laughs> <laughs> if we get to that point, that's when you know we're big time. <laughs> yeah. right, we got a good pod today. First off, how are you? Good Memorial Day weekend? Good. Great. Yeah. Yep. Was with the family. Went to uh, Memorial Day Parade in, right. our, in our town there. Right. It was awesome. Clapping for the former military. That's always cool. Veterans that were walking in the parade. It is really cool. I love Isn't Memorial that cool? Day Parade. It, yes. I, I think it's a really awesome moment because there was a point where we were thinking about, are we going to take the kids to it? It's kind of early in the morning. I don't know. Nine o'clock start? Uh, 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock. Early, early Still early me. on a Monday morning. Exactly. Where we could just do nothing. Right. But I was like, no, let's go there, and the kids will see it. They'll see the military vehicles that went through, and so we had a good time. They get the town involved, too? Like, do you see any of like, the young youth teams or anything exactly. like that? Exactly. Right? All the baseball that. teams. People throwing crate. candy to the kids in the... There was no candy. No there candy? No candy. I mean, why? Because of COVID? Like, we're afraid to touch the same candy No, now? because they're handing out flags, which okay. was cool. So that's okay. We'll take that. Yeah, but our used Memorial Day... I'm yeah. all about candy uh, me too. being thrown to the from the people of the parade, and then you scramble on the side of the road to get your candy, right? I mentioned it, right. but I had nothing to do with the parade. It's right. one of those things where, like, Ahmed, if you want to make a difference, then you volunteer to Question, be part of I this mean, parade. I mean, questionable town you live in right there. I mean, everything <laughs> else sounds good, but, but that makes the, me really, really question it. Maybe this will save it. At the Village Market, this right. is a tradition they've been doing for years and years, 50-cent hot dogs. 50-cent hot dogs? Yeah. 
Wow. That's pretty good. I mean, that is. That's like there's no such thing anymore, really. No? Inflation now? I mean, You're not yeah. getting that. I mean, even the, the crappy hot dogs you buy in the corner of like 33rd and 7th Street in New York are not 50 cents. Yeah, dollar or two dollars maybe. Probably three. I three think, at this now. point. Right. For the water dogs? So right. that made up for it. All right, cool. So no candy, but cheap dogs. Cheap dogs. Good. You did some baseball as usual. Yep. And today, now he's got to come back and slum it with me. I mean, he goes from the Cincinnati Reds to hanging out with Chris Sims Top 40. We're going to do the quarterback countdown today. we got yes. four more quarterbacks to unveil there. We're into the top 20. We're getting into the top 20. we got some good ones today. We're going to take some questions from the homies. And then we have Ahmed Fareed Super Brawl Countdown. And let me just tell you, if you think my quarterback <laughs> list wasn't good last year, yeah. Go look at Ahmed's uh, Super Brawl <laughs> rankings last year. He had some questionable rankings. Very questionable. questionable. Very questionable. <laughs> so we'll have fun with that today. We will. We that'll will. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, well, that'll be at the end. But we yeah. want to give props to the homies right off the bat. What? I can't believe this. Because we did, yeah, on the last pod with Paul, yeah. you said, try to guess Chris's top ten. It was a special contest. Right. Not in conjunction with points bet, although we do like them. But it was just our own thing. Pete thought of it. We put it together. 1,144 homies submitted what they thought was your top 10. Yeah. That's I'm, cool. That's, a, that's way more than I thought. I'm shocked. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's you know, what, what, it's flattering is what I want to say. The fact that people care enough to even try to write down 10 and be like me or feel like they're going to figure out what I'm thinking, whatever. Get into your head. It's a scary I'm, place I'm, to try I'm to very, get into. I'm flattered. I really am. That's a, that's a humbling, cool thing. I'm glad the homies are taking part of this. So next week we will get into the top 10, so we'll see if any of the homies got it right. And we got, from what I understand, we got a number of people, top fives, right? Top five, we got a number of top people. Top six, yes. we got a few. Yes. Top seven, I think there's one or two. Right, but nobody to the top ten yet. Did you discuss this already, or was I? Did I miss no, this? No, I didn't no, miss this. Okay. no. Okay, I was but, reading something on our rundown, and then I was like, "Wait, did I miss something you said?" So. But it's over now, right, Pete? I mean, the deadline has passed, so we cannot accept entries anymore. So that was it. And so whoever got closest, we don't think anyone got it exactly right. Is that right, Pete? We don't think anyone. We haven't double checked. We got to go through the list again. Yeah. Unlikely anyone got all of them. Right. But if you're closest, without going over, like the price is right. Uh, you will get a mug and a, and a shout-out from our podcast and maybe a, an appearance on this podcast. I mean. We're going to find ways to give love to anybody who gets top ten. And even if you just got the top five, top six, top seven, we're going to give you a shout-out for okay. sure. Nonetheless, so don't worry. That's coming. We have gone halfway through your top 40. Yep, we have. We are into the top 20 now. But let's take a quick recap of the quarterbacks that we have seen already, if you're watching on YouTube or if you are watching on Peacock as well. 21 through 40, there they all are. Daniel Jones, the highest-ranked quarterback so far at 21, just ahead of Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, who are very complimentary on him. Jalen Hurts made a big jump as well. A lot of those guys in the 20s made jumps. Right at the end of the list, you got Drew Locke, Kenny Pickett, Teddy Bridgewater. Are you happy with what you did 21 through 40. I'm, I'm pretty happy. What? You know, I think I am. You know, there's always, well, you know me. <laughs> I'm pretty happy. You know me. I'm, I keep it real with myself always. I, I've, I feel like I've, I do have less regrets than maybe years past. I've tinkered less as we've gone along. Like Pete has my whole list, but sometimes I get down to, oh, wait, it's now we're going to do, you know, 25 through 21. He'll ask me, like, you sure you want this still to be yours? You, right. Do you want to switch 24 and 25 or whatever there? So, I we did we did have a little of that today a little Ooh. bit right we have one of those and I'll tell you when that time comes here but certainly um, yeah I've had 
I, I haven't felt too bad. Can you throw that back up there, Kristen or Pete? That that I ranking there. I haven't felt too bad. It's like you're playing a game against someone else where you don't have total I know. Well, control. It's, 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 it's me and my psycho brain, and I stress about this. And I was stressing about it yesterday during Memorial Day, yeah. and I'm even talking to my family about it. Okay, but yes, you know there were some at the end that I, I always find myself questioning my 35 through 40 because it's so nitpicky. It's usually some young guys, some backups, and that can be tough. I won't lie, our last podcast I had with the rookies, all right, that's another one that I look at and go, well, as I said with the rookies, and it's it's a little different, like traditionally I've been a hair low with my guys going from the first to the second year. I have been, and I, I, I worry about that a little bit. I, you know, I would. Those guys are talented. They, did, they didn't have quite the support system as maybe a Justin Herbert had the year before, right, to kind of show you what he was as a rookie to really expect the huge jump, right? So there's talent here, but there's some things about their game and the team that are hard to evaluate at all. And so those are the ones I question, too, because like I said the other day, Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson have top ten type of talent. And if they can bring it all together, they can be ones that make even a more severe jump than I gave them. we got a couple questions from the homies on those guys. We'll get to those a little bit later on. But let's get into the countdown once again. Let's and with a quarterback that you changed your mind about very slightly. Slightly. It was a tight one. It's only, it's, of course, it's always the tight ones. And here was a 20 to 19. Okay. 20 to 19 and full transparency here because I always keep it real. Yes, I originally had Carson Wentz written down. I ended up going, nope, I'm going to move Carson Wentz to 19 and Jimmy Garoppolo 20. I think it's the second time I've done that in my top 40 here so far. So Jimmy Garoppolo is coming in at number 20, and I feel comfortable with that too, just so people know. like, oh, just Yes, this is something I thought about through the weekend, right? I've had a lot of time to digest about it, digest it. And Jimmy Garoppolo, hey, there's, a, there's plenty to like about his game. Let's just start off right there. First off, I mean, one, you hear about my breakdowns, physical ability, read the field, leadership, pocket, all those things. First thing is he has a tangible leadership or effect on the football team. He's loved in the locker room. Players want to play for him. You know, he has the ability to lead the guys in the huddle and make them feel comfortable on a field. I think there is something real to that in this game. You know, as far as his play on the field, very quick release, can really get the ball out of his hand in a hurry. People around him, he's very subtle with kind of arm angle changes. It's not cool like Allen or Mahomes where you just throw a really cool sidearm, but it, it's kind of like you got to kind of watch it in slow-mo sometimes or rewind it when you're watching film and go, oh, you know, he did kind of drop his arm there to get it through the guard and the tackle hole there and find a guy 10 yards down the middle. He's good at that. He's very good in the pocket. He is. I mean, when you really watch him, his sliding and moving in the pocket, he's smooth. He knows the soft spots and where to find them and do it from there. And the other thing I love about his game, too, is he does not need to have his feet in the proper positions a lot of times to make 10 and 12-yard type of throws down the middle of the field, on the edge of the numbers, whatever. Now, that can cause him some problems sometimes, and we'll get into that in a minute. But he does make a number of throws where he moves in the pocket. The feet are kind of cockeyed. Here's Debo Samuel coming across the field. He drops his arm a little. The feet are in the wrong spot, and he still hits him and throws it in a good spot. It's accurate, and and Debo Samuel can do things. So that's the part I like about Jimmy Garoppolo for sure that he brings to the team. You've been very consistent with him. Yep. In 2020, he was number 20. Yep. Last year, he fell to 21. This year he's back at twenty. It's so you've crazy. Been, you've been very. You you kind of see him as the same guy the last three years. I, I do. I do. You know. I, I think as, as the you know, again you heard the positives there, and I like that. 
you know, his ability to read a defense and diagnose things at times seems very – he can have plays where he goes, that was quick. I mean, when he diagnosed that, figured out where he wanted to go, the ball, got the ball out of his hand, and that was really impressive. But, yes, you know, again, I don't put a lot of ton of stock into last year's ranking and looking that. I, I kind of let the chips fall where they may. And, yeah, I think it's pretty safe to say that I feel like he's pretty much this at this point of his career. You know, and, 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 you know, the negatives, listen, it's not a big arm. It's not. Power throws are few and far between with Jimmy Garoppolo, and there's a number of plays and yards left on the field all the time, whether it's him not throwing the ball or him not throwing the ball correctly down the field for a ch- power-changing type of play. Another thing that like hit me over the weekend when you go back and watch, you know, because I like to watch these guys one more time before I'm going to talk about them, okay. just to go, let me see if something else pops in my brain. A lot of big-time plays and throws that I still sit there and go, well, damn, if he threw the ball in the money, that would have been a 70-yard walk-in touchdown. But instead the guy stopped and had to wait for the ball, and now people are closing on him. He makes a guy miss, and it's, hey, it's cool. It was a 35-yard gain, but you go, man, if he just threw that and put the ball in the money, the guy's going to walk into the end zone. So there's plays like that that are left on the field to be had. And then, Ahmed, I'll, I'll throw this in there too. I, so many of the plays – and the great plays that we think of, oh, oh, look at the 49ers, blah, blah, blah. I, I, kn- I know I sound like a hater here. I do. But they're fucking Kyle Shanahan specials. I don't know how much more we can say it. Whoa, this guy goes this way, this guy goes this way, and Shanahan stressed it out to where there's Debo Samuel wide open, you know, six yards over the middle of the field because of what Shanahan did, and all Jimmy Garoppolo has to do is come up and go, where's Debo? Boom. Oh, I can throw. Look at that. I threw the ball to Debo Samuel, the best receiver in football, and he made this great play after that. And that, to me, is where a lot of his good comes, and I can't give him total credit for some of that stuff. So yeah. that, you know, even though it's good, I don't go, wow, maybe like the common fan might when they see those plays or highlights. This is what he needs to do. Yeah. He needs to go find the next team that hires Matt Nagy. And he needs to go play for <laughs> him. So funny. And then he needs to go dominate. <laughs> yeah. And at that point. Then you go. Then you might say. Right. All right, he did it. Right. Uh, but it's it's tough to argue with that. I mean, Kyle Shanahan is is known as an offensive genius for a reason. Let me go to this here, here, Pete. So 51% of Jimmy's passing yards came after the catch. That is the sixth highest rate in the NFL. So there so that's you go. A, that's a good point. But let right. me do the counterpoint sure. here. Let's do it. Two guys ahead of him right. on that list, Patrick Mahomes. Okay. And Aaron Rodgers. Right. And so it's not just the quarterbacks that need to get helped out with the yards after catch. Those are two of the elite sure. quarterbacks sure. who also have high yards after catch. Sure. It's, it's, and it's great. I love this. This is a great conversation. Okay. So, yes, there are some things there. Yes, but this is where we get into context matters brought to you by Chris Sims and Ahmed Farid. Right. So, you know, again, the. The, the short throws of the Kansas City, I think we've had this conversation not long ago, actually, some why, somehow this came up with you and me. Did not? Did it not? Probably. You know, first off, let's not compare much to Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. The whole offense, the whole league's trying to figure out what the hell they're doing. Their team is formulated around, hey, 15, can you fucking carry us and make magic and do throw lasers all over the field? So, yes, he gets some short passes where there's great catch, but why? It's because his arm's so great, and they call plays where, whoa, Tyreek Hill's down the field, McCole Hartman's down the field. Oh, shit, the back came out of the backfield, and he threw to him, and he's one-on-one, and we're all down the field because he can throw 70-yard bombs. So, 
Now he's throwing it short, and that works. That's different than Shanahan having to be in the lab for seven days straight and being like, okay, fuck, I finally got a guy wide open over the middle, and all he has to do is throw to that guy, and it'll be open. Or we devise a screen to Debo Samuel, and I'll call it at the perfect time, and he'll do it. There's a difference there. One, the the skill and the thing you're talking about is being set up by the coach. The other, I'd go, it's being set up by the quarterback, and his great talents is leading to that stat. And that would also go kind of into the Aaron Rodgers thing. Now, Rodgers, they're a little bit more of a short passing game and all that, kind of like Jimmy Garoppolo to a degree. But still, some of these short passes and catches happen. Why? Well, we're worried about Marquez Valdez scaling. Fine down the middle of the field. Rodgers can throw a 70-yarder off his back foot. we got to worry about that. Or Devontae Adams catching a slant after the catch. Well, shit. I mean, Rodgers threw the ball 100 miles per hour through a window the size of a fucking keyhole, got it in there, put it right on the money, and dev- and it was like not a device like, oh, my God, if I've been in the lab seven weeks in a row to try to figure out this play to get him wide open to make the life easy on the quarterback. It's like, no, we just called a play, and Rodgers was like, oh, shit, there's the slant. Zoom! And there's a difference there between that and that. Is that explained well? Totally. I, was, I totally. got a little intense there. And to give you numbers to match your context here, Thank so you. Jimmy's – Yards per pass attempt were second in the NFL last year, only to Joe Burrow. But his average depth of target was tied for 31st. And so right. you're, you're not getting those deep passes. You're yeah. not getting those air yards intended deep downfield with, with Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. So the question is then, I mean, that's part of the reason why they drafted Trey Lance. Sure. Trey Lance can give him some of those sure. downfield passing. Uh, that sure. was the hope, at least. You have Jimmy Garoppolo, though, ranked ahead of number 31, Trey Lance. From all indications, Albert Breer reporting it over the weekend again, they're trying to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. Shanahan has said most likely they're going to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. You have him ahead of Trey Lance. We don't know what Trey Lance could be, but for this year, you think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be better. This team is a Super Bowl team, potentially, this year. Should they keep him? I would not keep him, no. I would not. We've had this discussion I know in the we past. Have. I know. And, and you've been you've I've, said I've been the same thing. Good, right? I've yeah. been saying this but for a while. But the fact is you think he's better this year and this is a team that yeah. we think can win. I a definitely lot. think he's better right now, for sure. I do think Lance has the ability and the talent and again, I, I question it still to, to put it all together, but I think his top end even as raw as he is right now, he has a chance to surpass a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo like coming down the home stretch. You you hope he can get to November and we can go Wait, some of those things he was really lacking in, he got better at. So some of those things we missed from Jimmy G, now we're starting to hit on them a little bit. But he's also done some other things for our offense that have opened it up and made life harder to defend us, even though we might not be as good as some things as we were with Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think that's where they're going to have to balance that conversation a little bit. Lance's skill set is going to open up things in that offense to where mm. Shanahan's not going to have to worry about all the time going, i got to find some way to trick the defense so I can find a guy wide open over the middle. He's just going to go, wait, between our run game, Trey Lance running some balls, oh, shit, he can throw the ball 60 yards off his back foot. Some of those things are going to open up the offense, and it won't be so hard for Shanahan to devise things to make it easy for Lance and let right. alone just go, you know what, they're actually playing a defense where – I don't have to be in the lab all week to figure out to get the ball over to Debo because they're a little scared of Trey's running or his big arm to where it's kind of opened that part of the field up for me, right? So does that make sense how I'm explaining that? Totally. So it might not be as efficient or as effective early on, but to me has a chance to surpass it. And nonetheless, with this skill set and that team with Shanahan, uh, I think it has a chance to even be a more dangerous offense, even though 
listen, if, by my thing here, we're all on the same offense. We're not all on Shanahan's offense. We're all playing on the same team. It's the yep. same offense. Yep. And, yeah, he might not be as good at all the columns as Jimmy Garoppolo is, but as far as fitting the 49ers and his danger as far as how it fits to them, that's where I think Trey Lance has an advantage over Jimmy Garoppolo. And there's only 11 places, 11 quarterbacks to separate these two. You got Trey Lance at 31, you got Jimmy Garoppolo at 20. We got a couple heat maps on what those quarterbacks did last year that kind of illustrates your point here, Jimmy Garoppolo, if you're listening. That's amazing. Look at that. The heat map is over the middle of the field. Or behind the line of scrimmage behind in the middle the line of the field. Of scrimmage. Trey Lance has also got a few behind the line of scrimmage. Yes, he but does. But you see more the outside games. the numbers. Yeah, but you yeah. can see the screen games apart. And, yeah, you're right. You, you, know, you, you pointed out you can see there's more of a – there's more of a concentration with Trey Lance of the ball outside the numbers. One, hey, I think it it's he's got a strong arm and he can do it more. Two, I do think there was he wasn't quite in the trust tree with Shanahan. So Shanahan was like, eh, I don't know if I really want him throwing some of those six or seven or eight yard lasers over the middle of the Debo well, Samuel. He was throwing high. He was too. throwing high. The accuracy was a little off. He was throwing it a little too hard. So those are safer spots too. But that's to me, hey, this is the point where we're showing here that if you can get some more red in the middle for Trey Lance and then continue to grow some of the red on the outside, then you start to go, oh, shit, it's hard to pinpoint where they're attacking and what they're doing. And, man, there's a lot of field to cover with this team, even though it might not be you know, 72% completion percentage. He's probably going to miss a few fucking throws and things like that, Trey Lance. But I still think ultimately it would be a harder offense to defend because of him and Shanahan and how talented the 49ers are as a team. And you always got to mention availability, which is an ability. It's definitely Jimmy an ability. Garoppolo, the offseason shoulder surgery, played hurt at the end of last year. You want to give him credit for that. But it was another year where he had an injury, only played six games in 20. 23 games in 2018 and so that's been an issue and that's one of the main reasons why they wanted someone else too they just yes. got to have a quarterback that's there dependability and and here you know here's the last thing i think that kind of hammers home 20 you know yeah i know they were in the nfc championship game he did some good things i know that he still makes way too many dumb decisions, like rookie first year, early in the second year type of where you just go, what? Like, you, you've played too much football to do that. How do you do that? You know, and then there's even some throws like that at times, too. You know, I mean, you listen, you don't, all you can do, you can go back and watch the last four games of the year and see kind of all of that, just what I'm talking about. Whether it's dumb interception in the championship game, dumb interception in the divisional game against you know Green Bay before the half where they're driving down there and he's running backwards and throws the ball and like thinks he's Josh Allen and just throws the ball a ten yard short interception, you know the the week before that, I mean it's wide open Brandon Ayuk if he hits him the game's over on a like a fifteen yard out route and he doesn't even let him touch the ball and have a chance to catch it. The game's over. It's like, hey, that's over. See you next year, Dallas. Instead, what did they do? They punted, Dallas went down and scored, and all of a sudden we were in a fucking nail biter because of that. So, you know, those are the things again that I think get lost in context when the year's over because we go, Well look, he played good. They got to the championship game. Look at some of these stats and all that. And you go, yeah, that's cool. But when you go back and break it down, you go, damn, there was some meat left on the bone. And damn, they should have been better or more dangerous. And I think he's one of the reasons they're not at times. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. 
But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Number 20 on your list yep. this year, an area that he has been in the last three years, and now to a quarterback who got a little bit better than Jimmy Garoppolo in the last few hours. I don't know how he did it. Number 19 Seriously. on your list. Yeah, this was, it was a tight one, and this is where we're going to go with Carson Wentz. We are. Carson Wentz, Washington Commanders quarterback. I'm still having a hard time spitting that out That's, of my mouth. It's going to take a while. I literally only said the like Philadelphia and the Colts at the same time there when I was about to say what team he was. I was like, the Philadelphia <laughs> Colts. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, but, yes, Carson Wentz. Hey, Negatives, he's got some of the things Jimmy Garoppolo has. Yeah. I mean, some of the where you just go, oh, you're too smart. You know, you played too many too much football to do this. I'll never forget that interception on the screen right by his goal line. Right. And against the Tennessee that. Titans. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's there's a number of those type of plays throughout the year. Or sacks. Or strip sacks. Where you go, man, you just played too long. What are we doing? Why are we still sitting there? You've been in there for seven seconds. Throw the ball away. Get out of the pocket. Well, he takes a sack. Or the ball gets strip sacks and fumbled. So, I, again, I didn't mean to start with the negatives here. But just because we were kind of talking about with Garoppolo. There's, You're like, he's moved ahead of Jimmy Garoppolo, but he's Well, been there's a lot of similarities to <laughs> yeah. why they're here where they are. Sure. You know, he, though, okay, what I would say is, you know, Yes, can force the ball on the tight windows. Has some of those issues. Won't get off a receiver because he just, I'm going to throw it in there. He's going to come open. Here he comes. I'm going to keep saying on him. No, get off him. Go to number two. Go to number three. No, don't just force it in there and try to throw it in there because you wanted to throw there. There's some of that there. All right? So it's that. You talk about you know the dumb interceptions, and, and those are some of the similarities with Garoppolo, except here's the difference to me. You know, Wentz can really make some game-changing plays and throws. There's a difference there. You know, and again, he's out on the 49ers with Debo Samuel and George Kittle in the best run game in football. And people got to remember that, too. We're all on the same team here. You know, he didn't have that type of talent around him that Garoppolo did. But Pittman was pretty Pittman good. Pittman was good. Jonathan Definitely Taylor was awesome. It. Maybe the best running back yep, in the league. Yeah, he did really good. I get it. I get it. I, I still don't think we're going to put that quite in the 49ers category quite yet. But, you know, he can stand in there. I will say this, the pocket collapsing, people bearing down on him. He's phenomenal that way. He can make big-time throws down the field. He can make big-time power plays and power throws to what we were talking about with Jimmy Garoppolo. We don't have to always worry about you know, trying to find a way to get the ball to the receiver eight yards over the middle and find seven different moving parts to do that. They can just call plays and go, damn, it's one-on-one, there's a 20-yard out route, throw it. Boom, he hits it. He can make, like tight window, you know, aggressive throws and zone coverage, you know, in the hole and cover two. He's reading down the middle. Wait, that safety's cheating. Let me throw a laser in between those two. So those are some of the things he can do that are at a greater level than Jimmy Garoppolo, of course, let alone he's a better athlete and can make plays off schedule. All right? So those things are clearly better than Garoppolo. Now, where it was close and why we're having this conversation, I'm kind of just comparing the two, is he's not nearly the leader or the person that Jimmy Garoppolo is. does not have that effect. I mean, we're seeing two years in a row where teams are like, please leave the locker room. We'll see you on their next team. Yeah, what's going on there? Let's dive into that yeah. since you brought it up here yeah. real quick because i got some other numbers that I want to talk about. But right. since you brought that point up, we heard about it in Philadelphia where some people said Nick Foles is a better leader on this team than, than Carson Wentz. And uh, you're saying... 
uh, the Colts owner just told reporters a little while ago. Right. It was very obvious the Colts had to move on from the quarterback. Um, so you don't often hear strong words. You don't often hear an no. owner say something like that. Really, never. Um, Wentz responded. He said, "Obviously, I struggled down the stretch. Uh, took accountability yep. there. Yep. Uh, the timing was poor, but yeah, I didn't expect that. I had an awesome relationship with every single person in that building." He says, "Yeah, it came out of left field." So you're saying he probably is overstating the relationships that he had with that team. I think he's stubborn from the things I hear. Again, this is just hearsay. Sure. I'm not saying I know direct from sources. I just hear things from the league. It can be a little tough to coach. You know, I think it's, yes, he doesn't have a great effect in the locker room. He seems to be a little clueless about the circumstances surrounding the team. Again, I brought this up before. You know, you're a quarterback. you got to be aware to a degree. I know we want to block out the noise. But you can't be the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles and block out the noise so much to the extent that you don't realize Doc Rivers has been hired as the 76ers coach. And, like, somebody asks you about it, you're like, oh, that happened? Yeah, it happened 10 days ago in your town, and you're a big sports figure. you got to know these things. You know, it kind of speaks to the same thing with Indianapolis that, like, I, he, 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 his quotes, he was shocked off of this stuff, yeah. which tells you that he doesn't have a clue or relationship to a degree to kind of read the room or the feeling of the room or his effect on the room, which, you know, I think maybe gets into the, I don't know, stubbornness, whatever, ego, doesn't you know, relate to the players quite the same way like we would, heard in Philadelphia. Would aloof, would aloof be a proper aloof word? Aloof could maybe be a two. I think aloof could be too. I mean, I think you're right. I think you're, you can be aloof, but you're so self-absorbed and worry about your stuff that you don't realize, like, the relationships in the locker room are important. Or, you know, let me go get a burger with these guys so, you know, they feel like we're in this together. I, I think there's something there. I can't quite pinpoint it, but there is something there. And I think that's why he's on another team. So that's where I made it cl- cl- uh, close to Garoppolo. That's right. where I'm talking about. Garoppolo, gonna... you know, very good in the pocket, just like Wentz. Probably better in the pocket as far as moving, finding the right spot always. Um, but not so much to where I could put the leadership and the pocket stuff in front of some of the other stuff Ooh. that I gave Carson Wentz the advantage If in. you were able to put Garoppolo's rapport with his teammates, his leadership ability in Carson Wentz, are we talking, we're talking maybe almost a borderline top yeah. 10 Yeah, I mean, Carson Wentz 12, has top 13, 10 talent. Yeah. I mean, he's had years on my list where he was four and six. Yeah. He was six in 2020. He was six? 18 last year. Okay. 19 this yeah. year. Yeah, so I've, I've had him, you know, up there. His, his talent is real. Now, do I think his arm is um, – you know, his arm, I don't know if it's as powerful as it was early in the year or early in his career. You know, he can – he gets an elbowy throw, and that can lead to the flop of the arm and him missing some throws where you just go, damn, you're too good to miss that throw, certainly. And, hey, the other thing, you go back and watch the year, man, he was he was fortunate. He had a lot of interceptions dropped when I watched the, some, some – some, uh, you know, watch all the throws back. And again, I know everybody did, but there, there's a little more with Wentz than there is on the other guys. I'm just, that's why I'm saying this. You know, and then, you know, early in the year, even though they played some tough teams, his stats don't look that bad. He did not play that good early in the year. He missed a lot of plays, throws, bad decisions. You know, took some bad sacks, put the team in bad spots to where it might not have looked like necessarily his passer rating was all that bad. But you go, man, there were some things left on the field there in that game. And I don't think they were happy with the way he started off the year. And I don't think they were happy with the way he ended the year. It was the middle part that was good. And hopefully Washington can can try to capture that to a degree. Yeah, he definitely cut down on the interceptions if you're watching right now. 15 interceptions in 2020 with Philadelphia, just seven last year with Indianapolis. 
Uh, he was sacked 50 times with Philly, just 32 times with Indy. So some of the numbers, if you wanted to make a case for Carson Wentz improving significantly in those areas, you yeah. can make that case yeah. with some of those stats. You, you definitely could. I mean, again, it wasn't all bad last year. Don't don't get me wrong. There was there was still a lot of good. There definitely was. Um, yeah. But can I take a look at the dumb ahead. turnovers? Yes. The unnecessary sacks, leadership, you know, too many games where I go, too many plays and throws where I go, man, the ball hit the ground. Like, I know one wasn't open, but he stayed there and tried to force it. It was incomplete. And you go, damn, two and three are wide open. Like, why did yeah. we sit there and do that? Or, you know, he looks at one and gets it off too quick, and then he forces the two. There's too many games where you, I came away going, you know, shit, like, there was a handful of plays in that game where the ball was rolling down the middle of the field because it was incomplete, and it's like there was a few people open, and that shouldn't have happened. And that was because he's trying to force it or make something too happen too long or maybe looking in the, the rush and looking to make an, ex, you know, an escape before he should. It's little things like that that I think piled up and probably were you know the ending of, of him in, in Indianapolis. Well, I'll tell you what. Carson Wentz is going to listen to this and be like, man, I wish I hadn't even made his top 40. <laughs> I know. Should I? Well, <laughs> I could say more No, positive. you did. You did. You did. You, you sure? said the talent is there. Yeah. Here's the question I want. We'll, yeah. we'll end with this on Carson Wentz yeah. because uh, let's take a look at their, their schedule and you may a big deal out of this how a team starts could change the story of that team and there could be some pressure on Carson Wentz because I think Taylor Heineke is very well liked by that fan base uh, there won some games he's not in your top 40 uh, but he has done it before and he's got that Doug Flutie kind of it factor where it's like, I don't know how he did it but at the end of the game he pulled it out and made some plays and so there could be some pressure on Carson Wentz early in the year they do have Jaguars at Lions and then home against the Eagles. That's an interesting way to start for it, them. It definitely is. And yes, I mean, I, I, listen, he stu he stumbles and doesn't play well against some of those teams there. Yeah, that could be an issue. There's no doubt. And you know, you're right that Keenum has some of the things that Wentz we we're not sure he has. And that's where that's why Keenum. I mean, Keenum he uh, Heineke, Heineke yeah. has kind of same kind of guy. They are the same kind of guy. <laughs> has kind of hung in there is because of some of those like intangibles you're talking about. So that that'll be scary, you know. I I hear you know again. I'm I pay attention to everything. Like, you know, I saw some comments I think uh, la last week with Wentz. You know, his arm, his arm, his arm so strong. You know, and I'm like, yeah, he's got a good arm. There's no doubt. He can make some big time plays and throws. They've also haven't seen a strong arm there in Washington in a few years. I'm not trying to be a jerk, but like Heineke and Ryan Fitzpatrick are there's not vapor trails behind their football when they throw it. So yeah, and Alex Smith, right? So they've had three kind of like. Very below average NFL arms there. They got him in town. Now they look like lasers there. But it, it'll be interesting to see. You know, there's some things to, to work on, definitely. You know, but he is big, strong, can make game-changing throws. He can make some big-time plays. He's a very good athlete to make off-schedule throws. But it's like, can you trust him? And when the pocket collapses or it's a big moment or things are a little hairy, they usually get hairier with Carson Wentz. That's the other thing, too, you start to realize. You go, man, in a lot of big moments, shit as it gets shaky. You know, whether it's the two losses at the end of the year. You know, go back and watch the damn Patriots game. They're controlling the game. He's, he's, he's begging them to come back. He's trying to throw them the ball. They're dropping interceptions all over the field. He's hitting them in the chest. Like, come on, let's make this a game. You know, and sometimes he loses sight of the big picture of the game, as I guess is what I'm trying to say right there. Yeah. That needs to be worked on a little bit, too. Could be his last chance. This Could is his last, last chance. chance. He will be relegated to backup, Bill, if he doesn't make it happen right here this year. All right, and he's not necessarily a great backup guy, kind of like you mentioned with, and I don't know that he has the, 
I don't know. It'll I know. be interesting It'll to be see. In, you're right. You, you're right. you don't think of him as a, a, a team would be like, oh, we'd love to have Carson as a backup. I don't know if he'd accept that or what. That's yeah, a, it'd be that'd interesting. Be a tough situation. I, I hear you. Be best for him to succeed uh, this year in Washington if he wants to continue playing in the NFL. Yep. Number 18 we're up to now, and this could get some chatter out there because it was a huge quarterback class last year. We've already heard Trevor Lawrence. We've heard Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, who impressed you a lot. But did not impress you as much as this man. No, I can't put them. I can't put any of those people in front of this guy yet. You know, and I, I, I can't lie. Going back and watching Mac Jones, it was it's better than the, you I remember. And again, this is the guy we were talking about really being the rookie of the year for the majority of the year. This is the guy that was the quarterback of the football team that we were going. Is this the best team in football in the middle of the year? Okay, I just want to point these out. At no point did we think they were that great at receiver or explosive at any of those positions to go, oh, wow, this is a really well-oiled, explosive offense. Their running game hit moments. I mean, come on. How much? I mean, Mac Jones is a rookie. They, they fucking put everything on him. It, it was as, 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 as much pressure as far as a system and a team and a city and a fan base can be on a quarterback than we've ever seen, let alone the pictures of his body and you can't take him before you take Trey Lance or Justin Fields. He had all the pressure on him. And then he had to play with, you know, uh, again, uh, play a real system without being like, like, manage nearly to the degree or massage kind of like hey we're you got to learn these plays this is real stuff here and you got to read these and really be a pro quarterback like um oh week one we gotta you gotta be ready week one we gotta we need to be a pro and we gotta be able to run the two minute and we need to be able to you to depend on you on third and four that you'll throw pin pass point pinpoint pass passes for five yards like brady did in year 15 of his career i mean that's basically what he was asked to do yeah you know with no down the field threat to scare people you know, so that's where I, when I went back and watched him, I went, damn, Max, it was better than I even remembered. And I think incredible accuracy. You know, you talk about the pocket. He's, he's a natural in the pocket. We talked about it coming out in the draft, and I think he'll even get better. But, again, another guy that I know it's not the greatest athlete, but he's a way better athlete than he gets credit for. So, man, his movement in the pocket always it allows him either the extra second or just find a clean spot to now make the appropriate throw down the field. I mean, incredible touch, incredible anticipation, pinpoint accuracy like I was saying with any intermediate throws. Do I wish his arm was a little bit more stronger or explosive? Sure. But you know what? Going back and watching it and watching all of his throws again, I went, yeah, his arm for some reason is better than what I picture it in my mind at times. Made a lot of big-time throws down the field, but not necessarily big-time players like I'm talking about. Had a lot of big-time throws and plays dropped. And balls where you go, man, the ball is on the fucking money here. This is the third 30-plus yard throw he's made of the day, and they didn't make the play to help him out. You know, so there was a lot of that. Um, but still makes a lot of big-time down-the-field throws. You know, um, Maybe the best rookie decision maker I've ever seen. Sure. Okay. Which we heard coming out of the draft. I know. And that's what a lot of people are going right. to say. Uh, people are going to say this is not a surprise because what we heard is that Mac Jones was the most pro-ready quarterback. So it's not a surprise that after year one, he looked the best. But the argument will be guys that you have ranked lower, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, they uh, got Justin more talent. Fields, that they got more talent they and do. that they will eventually pass Mac Jones. I, I, I think, listen, I, I certainly could see that. You know, yes, I think in my heart of hearts, if Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson and all that, they're going to pass him. I don't know if it's going to be this year. That's where I can't put that stamp of approval on it yet. He still has 
quite an advantage in some areas over there to where I just couldn't I couldn't say, oh, just because you have ten potential and talent, I'm gonna throw I gotta see some little bit more tangible evidence from Fields and Wilson and Lawrence that they can put it together like Mac Jones. But ultimately if they can put it together to your point, their talent is greater. There's no doubt about it. Yes. Sergio Sergio yeah. Farrell too, just on this before you move yeah. on. About Zach Wilson specifically, who we know you like Zach Wilson as a quarterback. He was your number one quarterback coming out last year. He goes, Sergio uh, Sergio Farrell says that Zach Wilson was hands down, you said, the best rookie quarterback over the last two months. How is it that Mac Jones is ranked above him? Do you truly believe Mac Jones will be a better quarterback than Zach Wilson in 2022? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that it's I, – I, from where we are right now, yes, I cannot put Zach Wilson there yet. I just can't. You know, yes, like down the stretch, did Wilson make more wow plays and have wow moments? Yes. He also made more dumb mistakes and probably forced some balls into some windows that I wouldn't, you know, necessarily agree with either. Yeah. All right, to be fair there. Decision-making is not just a throwaway skill. Exactly and, and right. being able to process quickly, that's just not a thing that all quarterbacks will eventually get to. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So, you know, it's a very good question. But, no, I'm not sold that, yes, Zach Wilson will definitely be better than this guy this year. Now, th- I think this guy's going to get better, too. This guy's smart. I hear what he says. He realizes he's got to throw the ball a little bit with a little more power and strength in his arm and be a little more explosive that way. So he's aware of that, you know. So I, I wouldn't be shocked to see if the ball, like Joe Burrow, you know, from year one to year two, where all of a sudden, well, his arm looks a little stronger this year. There's a few more power throws in his game. Mm-hmm. You know, he's no idiot here. He self-evaluates. And, then, hey, the other thing, too, is you know, just, again, how he was trusted. If you go back and watch games and how it played out, the way the game plays out, I sit here and go, man, the Patriots trusted Mac Jones more than the 49ers trusted Garoppolo or the Colts trust Wentz. There's no doubt about it. The way they called plays, certain situations, the plays they called in those situations just told me that they trusted Mac Jones. You know, Too many plays with Garoppolo, it's like, whoa, there's two shaky plays in a row. It's third and five. Let's just throw a fucking screen, and hopefully we get it. If we don't, we punt away. The same thing with Wentz. It's like just – you know what, let's just block it up and send somebody deep and let them throw it over there. And then there's Mac Jones. They're like, it's third and four. Let's call that fucking, like, on the left side, the guy that fakes the slant and goes back out, and there'll be a guy running the out route over the top and tell him to read that. And if he doesn't like it, want to come back to the middle of the field. we got another two or three guys coming into some tight areas there, and we want him to make that throw. And to me, that's where there's a difference between him and even though his talent's not as good as Wentz right now, but he's way more trustworthy with the ball. He's more accurate. And, you know, with Garoppolo, you know, again, yeah, I think he's more talented and smarter already. So that, that, was, that was kind of easy that way. Yeah, Mac Jones at, at number 18 for you. And one of the things that I said last year, you can take the tape, rewatch the tape from last year. Yeah. I did say this about Mac Jones because one of the reasons people said you can't take him third overall, he's a little, he's a little fluffy, right? That body. I was like, well, isn't that? projection isn't that projectable you figure he's going to get a little bit better shape maybe he's with an nfl strength coach and a right a diet a dietitian right. with the nfl and that's exactly what's happened here some of the reports out of you can see out it. of new england kendrick Bourne says he's in the best shape of his life which is something you hear about baseball players in spring training you take it with a grain of salt but apparently he has done a lot of work with their strength coach and their dietitian to get everything in gear and so yeah, that makes sense, right? If you got a guy that's all ripped and is, he's already filled out in the draft, you go, there's not a whole lot of projection there. There was some with Mac Jones. You figured he's not going to necessarily be fluffy for his whole NFL career. No, he's going to 
evaluate it for what it is. Anything you've heard about the guy, that's kind of what he is. And uh, I, I know he was aware of it early last year. He was aware of it. He knows he had to change his body a little bit. All right, so he did that. Last time I checked, Brady's body wasn't that great coming out either, and We've it's, seen it's the okay pictures. now. Yeah. Right, yeah. we've seen the pictures. <laughs> yeah, and to your, you know, to the other thing too that sometimes gets lost in translation is just a little bit with a guy like Mac Jones. This can happen to who's pocket quarterback. You're in high school. You're in college. All they tell you: get bigger, get bigger, get bigger. You need to put some weight on. You need to put some weight on. You got to get bigger. You got to get bigger. You got to get bigger. And then you get to the NFL and you go, wait, why the fuck am I trying to get so big? Well, why do I have to be 238 when I'm 227? I'm I'm ripped. I'm quicker. My arm's quicker. I feel better as a human being. And you get to the NFL and you start to realize, whoa, shit, most of the league is actually on a diet. They're all trying to stop putting weight on because the game is about speed, you know, and being able to move and be explosive and quick in those areas. Yeah, you got to balance out. I need a little armor on me so I can take some hits and some punishment. But that's more times than what happens, too. I was like that. I mean, my sophomore and junior year, our strength coach down in Texas, he wasn't going to be happy unless I was 240-plus. Mm. He wasn't going to be happy. He, was, he wasn't happy. The happiest day of his life was when I was 240. I mean, he was like, oh, my, he was like a proud papa. <laughs> Why did it fucking matter? It didn't. You got a I gut. Made me you got slower. a gut. You just drink a bunch of beer it to did. get there. I, I just look at pictures sometimes, and my old college friends make fun of me because they're like, man, you don't really look like that, but you don't look that flattering in that picture. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, because I was eating like – 15,000 calories a day to just be a number because my college strength coach wanted it to be. And then I got to the NFL and I got down back to like 227, 228. And man, I was a different player. My feet were quicker. I just more limber. I just felt better. And you know, he's, he's realizing that. Sorry for the long. No, 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 that's good because I think that's a concern. And now that doesn't necessarily translate into a stronger arm, but it could. I mean, Joe Burrow last year, they talked a lot about it coming back from injury. He came back throwing as hard as he ever has thrown before. No, you can, you can increase your arm strength. A hundred percent. You can increase it. You know, it's, it's ridiculous when people say those type of things, Brady's made those adjustments. Rogers has made those adjustments. Burrow has made those adjustments. Drew Brees made adjustments like that at a point in his career. I mean, so, yes, I, I think that Mac Jones is very aware of what he needed to improve. And, you know, again, watching it back, it was an impressive year. They did not have an easy schedule. That was a tough, tough start of their schedule. He hung in there. They expected a lot of him. He really had to play quarterback at a pretty high level right from the get-go, and he did that. And I think the thing that pops off to you more than you, than you realize when you go back and watch is you go, man, not only did he did that, he, he made some shit happen. He made mm-hmm. some plays and some throws where you just go, damn, that's, that's a fucking play. What a read that coverage. Oh, my gosh. What a throw and ability to read and diagnose that, that hurry, and then get the ball out of the hand and put the ball into the hand of the receiver in such a spot where he can make something happen. That stuff was next level, let alone he wasn't careless in the pocket or make stupid decisions nearly as much as Wentz or Garoppolo. No, Not the same talent around him as Garoppolo, yes. certainly. No Josh McDaniels, which could be a little bit of a concern. Definitely. But you figure Mac Jones learned a lot, and he can coach the coaches there, who have been there as yeah. well. Patricia on the offensive side, right? And Joe Judge will be over there as well. So uh, they should still be able to do what they've done in the past. Here's something interesting, because you got the last two quarterbacks, the Patriots and the Commanders. So our friends over at PointsBet have an interesting graphic here, uh, because... With the odds of, of win total over-unders, 
The New England Patriots, they figure, are going to be the better team. They got an over-under for win total at 8.5, where Washington's is 7.5. To win the division, you know, New England's a slight favorite to win their division. To win the conference, the New England's a favorite over. You know, they've got better odds than Washington to win in the NFC. But the one thing where it does favor the commanders, here's you take a look on Peacock and, and YouTube, to make the playoffs... Washington still has slightly better odds than the Patriots to make the playoffs. you got all that that goes in the Patriots' favor, but that just kind of illustrates to you how much more difficult the AFC is compared to the NFC this year. Definitely, definitely. You know, yeah. I mean, on paper, New England's better. You know, there's there's a lot to like there, and yeah. But it's just like the AFC's insane. The AFC East is insane. I mean, the Bills in Miami are loaded are loaded. Miami is really loaded. Florian and I did an AFC best best non-quarterbacks of the AFC East today. You know, we had six picks, right? Me three, him three. We didn't leave the Dolphins or the Bills. Mm. We never got to any Jet player. And even though the Patriots have a lot of good, I don't know if there was anybody great enough that we're going to make a top three player in the division. So, yeah, I mean, the AFC is Big, big time. The AFC East is really big time. I mean, and again, even with the Jets, yeah, they're 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 bringing up the rear. You look at them on paper and you go, the Jets have a chance to be a pain in the ass here to where, yeah, that could fuck up their channel. You lose one of those games to the Jets where you go, yeah, we're better than them, but, man, they got talent and they made a play or two that day, and that could be the difference of you missing the playoffs in the AFC. So that's what, that's what be interesting to see how this unfolds there. So if you saw any of those odds and any of them jumped out to you, if they were attractive to you, you can download the Points Bet app. You can get a couple of risk-free bets up to $2,000. Yes, sir, that's right. Download that damn app, right? I mean, haven't you seen TV lately? Drew Brees is telling everybody, get the damn let damn app. He's about to go to people people's homes and just download it for him. He really He's getting is. that mad. He saw like three different commercials with him, right? He's I mean, like, I'll impressive. be over in 10. I'll be over in 10. I'll just <laughs> we'll keep your phone up. unlocked. I'll download <laughs> the app for you. All right. Well, if Drew doesn't come to your house, but you are in an eligible state, PointsBet has a sign-up offer for unbuttoned listeners that you can't miss. Download the PointsBet app. Use code NBC2K to sign up and get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. So say you bet $100 on the pass to win the AFC. If you win, you'll get $2,000. But if you lose, you will still get free bets worth $100. Come on. Damn, it doesn't get any better than that. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Okay, so that is 18. We're into now the top 17. One more quarterback to talk about today, and that quarterback is a little bit in limbo. We don't even know what team he's going to play for. He's a 17 quarterback, and he doesn't have a spot right now. He's being screwed. There's no other way to say it, and that's where we're going with Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I know last year might have not been, you know, to your stats and your eyes. You might go, I don't know if he's the 16th or 17th or whatever best quarterback in football. I I think we all need to pump the brakes. We do. You know, first off, Baker Mayfield has a big-time arm. I mean, it's big-time. It's a game-changing arm. And again, just go back and watch some of the throws he made early in the year before he got hurt, or even when he was just hurt a little bit early in the year and it hadn't gotten to, oh, no, he hurt his shoulder more. And, oh, no, he's got another injury to go along with his shoulder. Because if you watch early in the year, whether it's the Texans, the Chiefs, you know, even the Bears game, the Chargers game, 
I mean, shit, there's a lot of game-changing, big-time motherfucking throws from Baker Mayfield. To back up your point, right. I was over on Next Gen Stats. Cool. This is why I like you. you the longest, and this surprised me, Yeah. the longest pass, completed pass, in terms of air yards, the actual distance the ball traveled in the air, right. 66 yards, Baker Mayfield Donovan Peoples-Jones in this Bengals game? Probably. Yeah. I don't know what play Might it was, been. but it was 66 yards in the air, and I would, I would have thought it was Justin Herbert. He was second, 63 yards in the air. Baker Mayfield's arm is big time. I mean, it is. That's the one thing. When you go back and watch it, you go, man, he makes a lot of throws that change the the flow of the football game. Well, so, yes, he's got that. You know, sees the field pretty well. Are there times where he forces the ball and does some stupid things? Sure. I mean, we can get into that, but I don't think it's like – I don't look at it to go, oh, man, Baker Mayfield's just – he's reckless. I, I don't trust him there. I don't. You know, also, you've heard me talk about – first of all, it wasn't great receiver play there last year. He did have an issue with Odell, whatever you want to say. That's the one thing when you go back and watch the throws from the year, that's the only negative, just going, Odell's open. Why didn't we throw to him? There, there had to be an issue there. It just pops off when you watch it. And like I told you at the time, I mean, I see some of those plays and go, wait – I know that Odell's the first read. He never looked at him. So there was some issue there. I don't know what it is. You know, now, you know, the offense itself is not necessarily crazy creative, as you've heard me explain before. You know, He's not a great athlete to go run for 15 or 20 yards, but he's quick in the pocket, and then he's quick in the pocket again to, wait, I dodged a guy, I missed a guy. Oh, wait, there's a guy going across the field 25 yards down the field. Let me set up and get my arm and boom and let it fly. He can really do that at a high level. So that's where he's great. Now, can he play a little small in the pocket at times? Sure. Yes, that's not one of his best things. Is he going to get outside the pocket like Josh Allen or Mahomes and necessarily make plays like that and then manipulate the coverage and throw you know, some laser around the field? No, those aren't his best things. You know, No, definitely not. But, you know, again, I think when you talk about Baker Mayfield's effect as a leader, it's pretty damn good. When you get to the physical ability aspect of this, again, his arm is in the top. 10, 12 in football for sure as far as strength. And then the decision-making, I don't really have a problem with the decision-making for the second year in a row when I go back and watch it. I think this year where there's some decisions made because, oh, no, I might get hit and my shoulder hurts and I don't want to do that, or, ooh, I'm not healthy and I don't like to throw this throw, so I'm going to pass it off and go to another one. And that affected, I think, some of his decision-making, which, which happens when you're injured. You know, you, you start to do that. But, you know, again, I think too much is being made by the very end of the year when he was falling apart and being gutsy and trying to play. It's being over-evaluated, in my opinion, as compared to like I started off. When you watch the first five games of the year and he's not – I know his shoulder's hurt in game three – but he's not like totally incapacitated, you go, holy shit, the guy makes a lot of big-time plays and throws and sees the field pretty damn well. Yeah, when he's right and playing well, all you got to do is look at his 2020 numbers. And exactly I think we right. Have a there you go. There, and Kristen. he kind of started 2021 like that. And again, yes. just had some issues. There. Exactly. He's had a roller coaster career so far. So you're seeing here 2020 might have been his most efficient year, his best year in 2020 with the 26 touchdown passes and eight interceptions. Took a step back in 2021, playing part of the year injured was 
a little pedestrian maybe in 2019. Yes. 22 touchdowns, 21 interceptions. In that group, coming off of a really good rookie year. So right. he has had these ups and downs, seems to oscillate every year. So if you're a team that's looking to trade for him, maybe you're like, okay, well, this is going to be his good year. Oh, Back healthy yeah. again. Yeah, I mean, hopefully. You know, again, we got to keep in the context, too. He's had a lot of different offensive systems here. All right? And I'm going to just point out, I mean, again, Odell being on the team last year, great, had the injury. But, like, man, uh, what, what I want people – they don't have a lot of separation guys there in Cleveland. Like, Jarvis Landry and Donovan Peoples-Jones aren't just, like – DBs aren't, like, you know, shaking in their boots when they come to the line of scrimmage. Like, oh, my gosh, I got to cover this guy one-on-one. That, that's not they're, – they're not known for that. You know, so, again, I don't think, like, the weapons around him were necessarily all that great either to open up the field a little bit and open up some passing lanes for him because these guys can separate from people. I think that's got to be taken into account with this situation as well. There, there's a lot of good ball left with Baker Mayfield. He's a good player. He really is. He's, I think, better than people will give him credit for. I think they're definitely too down on him right now because of the injury thing, and I think people are being unfair and last but not least, what I'll say about this situation is, I mean, he's really being fucked over by the Cleveland Browns. Mm. They've done this to him. They put him in this situation. All he did was gut it out and play hard. All right? And then they went in and did the Deshaun Watson thing, then continued to flirt with him, went and go visit him, piss off Baker Mayfield, which is crazy that they didn't think that would piss him off, then release some things to the media about, you know, I need an adult in the room and all that kind of stuff. Right, so somebody there said that, all right. So then there's that, and now they're going to hold him hostage to where he has no team. At some yeah. point, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. He might have to make them uncomfortable at some point. He might have to start showing up at the facility. He really, he might have to. I mean, again, he can't afford, in my opinion, at this point of his career to go to just stand pat and let them control him and him be on their roster and go, well, we'll keep you and we'll pay you. we got to pay you anyway, so we're just going to hold you hostage until we get something you want. He needs to play. He's at the point of his career where things are going in the right direction and they were really going in the right direction until he got hurt, and that kind of knocked things off kilter, and he can't just have a year of not playing quarterback here. Chris, tonight I'm going to try to pull an audible here. If you can get graphic 6230, it was what we started the show with, Sims's 21 through 40 quarterback countdown, because if the Browns have, have screwed him here, um, then, then there's maybe a team that could save him, right? We've heard of the Carolina Panthers, yeah. and there's been some dabbling there. They got Matt Corral, um, but Kristen's done it again great job Kristen. so you've got him baker mayfield at 17 so in your mind he would be an upgrade for all these teams that have all these quarterbacks here 21 to 40 now you know why some teams are going to stick with you know the bears are going to stick with justin fields because of the potential there right that makes a whole lot of sense but i mean you see a bunch of teams here listed yep who you think baker mayfield would be an upgrade for yeah at a certain point isn't that why you're in the business in the nfl is to win and to win right now, the Detroit Lions with Jared Goff. And I don't think the Detroit Lions are going to be anything this year. Yeah. But you think Baker Mayfield would be an upgrade? 100%. There. That's one of the teams I, I still am low on the radar. If he gets released, I would not be surprised if I saw him end up there. I mean, even Miami, right? Tua, right? I get it. You invested in him. But you got a team now that's stacked. He's an upgrade. There's no doubt. You know, there's no doubt. But this is where the politics of the sports get involved. This is like kind of where you're going. Yeah, yes. there's the rookies. We know we're going to keep them. Sure. Right. Oh, wait. We got Tua. He's our number five pick in the draft a few years ago. We're trying to make that work still. 
You know, and then you get into the Baker Mayfield. Hey, there's a perception out there about him a little that's going to hurt him in the eyes of some teams. And then there's also the future contract consideration that also cloudies the conversation, too. Wait, we get him here. He's an upgrade. But shit, you know, he played good. But damn, he wants $48 million a year now. We traded him. And now we gotta, he wants $48 million a year. And, we, we, man, we like him. But, damn, we didn't want to pay him $48 million a year. So I think that hurts his value, too. I think that's where... You know, he probably was asking for a lot. I think that's probably where things went wrong with Cleveland and him is he was asking for a big number, and they are going, well, that's a little much right now. We'd like you to prove yourself a little bit more. And then I think that's where the flirting with Deshaun Watson went and all that. So I think that's going to hurt him a little bit. But your point is is valid nonetheless. The team that really jumps out there is Seattle with Drew Locke at 40 for you and Geno Smith, what, at 33? Yeah. I had, you know, they're, they're talented. And then, listen, that's scary because you're going to go there and you go, wait, I'm not just going to physically outshine them completely, even though I do think Baker's arm is better than those two. Yeah. So that's where it's scary. I've had some people, like, go, like, I wouldn't go there if I was him. Oh, that's scary. I'm not so sure. But, you know, I, not that I wouldn't go there. I just I think Baker Mayfield would beat out Geno or Drew Locke, no question about it. It'd be a shame if Baker Mayfield doesn't play this year. So I would agree. That would be a shame. I would agree. And he might play in Cleveland. We and don't know what's going to happen it's... with Deshaun yeah. yet, and we don't know how many it's... games he could miss right. potentially. So right. Baker Mayfield, number 17 for you, still looking for a spot in hey, the Hey, he was a tough one. Lineup. When you yep. play like that and you're hurt all year. He was 13 last year for you, so you did drop him down a right. little bit. But... Right, right. Yep, I did. You know, the one thing I just didn't love about his year is that, you know, I do feel like he let the shoulder affect some decisions at times. And then, you know, the other thing is just, uh, you know, a little bit of the, hey, there's a few of the sourpuss moments, I'll say, for lack of a better way to say it. The Detroit game, he's mad at the fans booing him, and, you know, he didn't play as well as he did like, and he gets a little aggravated there. Those are things I wish Baker Mayfield would cut out, but they're still way more positive than negative. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. So we're going to stop the count down right there at 17. Four more quarterbacks there. We went 20 through 17. A couple of good, interesting conversations. Garoppolo and Carson Wentz, very similar. You got Mac Jones, a second-year quarterback that you're still very high on in there. And we just finished with uh, Baker Mayfield. So let's get a couple questions uh, from the homies now as this will continue to fill up as we go. And Hawk Panther 11 is a good one here. By next year... uh, Oh, no, I, that's not the one I want to go to. Hawk Panther, I'm sorry to do that to you because I almost well, – let's do it. Actually, I, I gave Hawk Panther the, you, you, you the pub. It. We got to do it yeah, at that point. That's it. my bad, but, hey, Hawk Panther, it's your benefit. But next year, who would you guess would climb the most spots up this list? Who has the biggest potential to do- drop down the most Ooh, spots? That's a good question there. Okay. Is, I, I was going to keep that one because I think it's good to do at the end when we're all done. But right. give him a little what's on the top of your mind here. Well, okay. I, I, Zach Wilson's the one I look at to go watch out. You know, I know we had this conversation a few minutes ago. But, you know, between what I saw at the end of the year, the arm is as physically gifted as it is. You know, their offense was a little more advanced than maybe I gave it credit for last year and what they were asking him to do. And then, 
Yeah, I think, you know, the talent they have there and things like that, he could have a chance to really show his ass a little mm-hmm. bit this year and surprise yes. some people for, for sure. Now, who could drop down the most probably is a guy that's not been discussed yet. but Maybe. I mean, or it could be one of the two guys we talked about today. I wouldn't be shocked if we were sitting here going, man, Wentz and Garoppolo. Sure. They, they threw 17 interceptions and 10 touchdown passes, and they're, you just can't trust them. They didn't have, you know, he didn't have Shanahan and Frank Reich di- dialing up people wide open for him. So you saw the true color of the guy there. I mean, that, that you know, again, at a, at a base level, those would be my quick thoughts. I hadn't seen these questions till right now. David Pepping says, yeah. Dr. Sims. He's given you a doctorate. Thank you. At this point. Thank I'll you for it. your hard work, too. Wow. Thank Thanks, so David. At what point are we thinking, quote, you could win a Super Bowl with any of the players from here forward? Ooh. Guys that could level up their team's chances. So that was, I was thinking about this one. I kind of think we're there. I think we almost started today. I think Doesn't so. Doesn't that kind of feel like it? What I do you think, think so. Yes, I do. You know, I do. You know, I don't think it's crazy. I mean, Garoppolo almost did win exactly. a Super Bowl with the you know, I don't think it's crazy to think of even some of the rookies that we've gone by to go... You know, I don't know if their teams are going to be able to deliver that. Deliver that. That's right. the question that's always here. But, but, you know, I don't look at it. To me, we've gotten to the part of Trevor Lawrence and forward where I start to go, man, you put the right team around them I, and, and they grow the way I expect them to grow and what I think these guys are, that this could be you, you could win a Super Bowl with that, that group there and above but yeah i think we're just starting to hit you know the real traditional yes for the sake of this conversation probably about right now but yeah i think some of those rookies i don't think that's crazy again you know justin herbert and joe burrow were super bowl quarterbacks last year they were super bowl quarterbacks it wasn't they didn't get to you know joe burrow herbert you had herbert at a better team he might have been in the super bowl so uh we'll see but i think we've gotten into that conversation we do you know me first off david pepping i'm not one into it's always got to be the superstar team it doesn't always have to be that. You know, it's, you just got to have a good quarterback who knows how to play, can make a play here and there and not fuck up the game. Yeah. And you got a good team, you can get to the Super Bowl with that well, guy. Well, that's illuminating. That's illuminating because I think a lot of people would take the opposite stance. I know. And they say that you need. In the NFL, it is crucial that you have a top 10, maybe even a top 5 quarterback. It. But I think what it does is a top five quarterback always puts you in the conversation. That's what it does. That's exactly right. Or we got them injuries or we're not playing good. The top five quarterback keeps you in it, and everybody still thinks, I think they're still one of the best teams in the league. And you're like, oh, they're playing like shit. He's just awesome. (laughs) I was the Chiefs last year. Yeah, but they made it through that tough spot. And then they start to play good, and you go, I see there. And that's your point is exactly right. That's what the top five quarterback does. He keeps you in the conversation always. He always makes you dangerous. You know, yeah, some of these other guys, they're not capable of doing some of that stuff. Uh, a couple of the rookie quarterbacks that you just mentioned there. Let's hit Trevor Lawrence, a question here. Super Chargers asks you, this is uh, hindsight, did you rank Trevor Lawrence number two last year in your draft rankings only because you knew the public perception of him as a prospect? Seems to me that you talk like Mac Jones was a better passer but couldn't pull the trigger, and now you're talking about big-time repeatability problems. I was surprised that you had Trevor Lawrence as high as you did this year, considering how poorly it went last year. Some not his fault, um, but I guess Superchargers thinks that you love Mac Jones more than Trevor Lawrence and always will. Well, I don't think I, I don't know if I always will. I just think that right now he's he's you know got him beat. I think last year where I pushed so hard in the draft rankings is there was two things at play there that I didn't like. 
there was just a constant of Trevor Lawrence. Like he was the greatest thing we've ever seen. And I was just trying to give everybody, and I probably got a little emotional at times ago. Wait, there, there's some issues with this game. Mm-hmm. In fact, I got less questions about Zach Wilson than him. And I would that. So I got passionate about that, that aspect, because you couldn't tell anybody anything different. So I probably did sound like a jerk a little bit on my high horse at times because, you know, you're in it. Like, but, but like, you know, also, and then the opposite side of that was Mac Jones, where people were shitting on him and not giving him enough credit. And I'm going, wait, the guy had maybe the greatest year I've ever seen in college football history other than Joe Burrow the year before. And he's making plays and throws all over the field. But we're going to use every excuse possible not to give him credit. I mean, everyone possible is going to be used against him. And that, to me, is probably where you probably heard that a little bit. But I'm not going to just stick to something because I think I'm going to stick to it or I had it this way at once. Sure. So, and and um, Trevor Lawrence's talent, no question, is greater than Mac Jones. And it's just we've got to see it a little more on a consistent basis. We saw snippets here and there. We saw some games and some quarters where I went, that was fucking awesome by Trevor Lawrence. But then I could see a quarter in the next game and go, that is fucking horrendous. He missed like seven slam dunk passes and they threw a dumb interception. So that's where we're still growing as Trevor Lawrence is concerned in that department. One more from the homies here. Yeah. Connor McGinnis says, love the show. Have not missed an episode since day one. I wonder if that's day that's one back man. in the Bleacher Report wow. days. My man, Connor. Listening to you talk about fields, I kept thinking about Trubisky. Both fast, have pocket escapability, both good arms but both lock onto the first reads too long. What's the biggest difference between them and their ranking? So you do have a little bit of a, a delta between those two guys. Not that yeah. much, though. you got Trubisky yeah. in there fairly high. Right. Um, but what's the biggest difference between those two and their ranking? Fields running is really special. Fields, you know, I probably would have gone into this whole exercise and go, Lamar Jackson's the best running quarterback in football. Josh Allen's number two. I came away going, no, Lamar Jackson's number one. Justin Fields is number two. And then I'd probably go Josh Allen. Yeah, I'm taking Josh Allen over Kyler Murray's running and stuff like that. Because, again, you can run third and one, smash it into a linebacker with Josh Allen. Right. That's a a real thing. So you got to take that into account. So um, I think that's the biggest thing. Trubisky's a great athlete. But Justin Fields makes some runs where I go, I'm not sure half the running backs in the fucking league can do that right there. And then – where I'll say where I was impressed with Justin Fields, and I'm going to go back to it one more time. Fields, even though I questioned his throwing, and I still got some questions. I do. But Fields is more consistent of a thrower than Trubisky was off the bat. Now, Fields, the fact that he just tried to be a little smoother and took a few miles per hour off the ball as compared to college, to me it really made the difference in him controlling the football and putting it in the proper spots. And I think he was definitely – a little more advanced than Trubisky was that department coming out and pretty damn good last year, you know, when he had pocket and people open in that we department. We've got to figure out how that happened, right? Because you you saw some concerns in Columbus, and those don't always get fixed right I away. I know. I think you might have to get you might have to give Matt Nagy some credit. We haven't done that on this podcast. Damn, how dare you? How are you talking? What are you doing? (laughs) I mean, maybe we we should figure that out. They definitely because if you saw an improvement, we got to figure out how that happened. I and I know some of the stuff, and you know, you're right. I need to get to the bottom and hear from Justin Fields. You know, one of the things is, like I said, he didn't try to be too aggressive and crazy with it. I still don't like that his motions like this at times, but he never tried to overthrow, and I felt like there was a little bit of a, a. uh, a conservative ever just to keep the motion a hair tighter, maybe not let the ball drop behind him quite as much. He kind of, yeah, it still got here, but it was like right there in a good compact spot. And I think that helped him a lot last year. 
All right, good. We close the book on the homies questions. We end here with something that we're bringing back from last year. The final segment on today's podcast. The Super Brawl is back. So what this is, and we did this last year, which, by the way, The Miz we had on from WWE. He was good. Called it a horrible list. A horrible list, and he was very correct. (laughs) (laughs) He said, actually, it was a horrible list. So if you're unfamiliar with The Super Brawl, what this is, is we take, uh, it's a fight. It's like a bar room fight. Right. A brawl, maybe a battle royale, where you take the quarterback and coach, from the NFL teams, the starting quarterback and the head coach, and you you pit him against another starting quarterback and a head coach from another team. Yep. And who do you think is going to win? Yep. When those two go to the death. Right. I think we're going to, to the, the death. No, here. we're going to the death. Like who's going to sure. kill the other person? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, or make them so they can't fight anymore. So we, we last year we had. Uh, if Kristen, did you put that up there? The the Super Brawl rankings from last year. Yeah, there it is, right there. A huge mistake at the bottom, and that's where we started the list last year. And so the Super I, Bowl went, Joe, Super Bowl contenders. Joe Burrow and I had Zach Taylor as thirty two. Uh, in retrospect, a huge mistake. Uh, uh, clearly, mistake. Joe was a little injured coming off an ACL. That's right. what my defense right. can be. It's Zach like, was, you know, to that point where like it seems a little nice. We're not unknown. sure yet. An unknown, right? right. Young, but yeah. is, does he have that killer instinct? Yeah, I we get learned. You. We learned that both of them. I get do you. Last year, so there were some mistakes. Last year, I had Big Ben and Mike Tomlin as number one. Right. So obviously, that will change this year. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, so you didn't give Mahomes and Reed enough credit at twenty nine. Okay, that's okay. one where I'd look at to go. You're, you're a little low there. Okay. Um, I think Prescott and McCarthy probably should have been a little higher. Same with Reich and Wentz. I just think the size of those four human beings was enough to move them up. Yep. Like Prescott and McCarthy, those are big dudes. And so is Wentz and Reich. To where you know, those would have been the ones that jumped out to me maybe a little bit more. You were way too high. Well, I don't say. I'm not going to say that. I was going to go golf and Campbell, but Campbell's worth like two coaches, so it's hard not to argue Campbell's against a that. beast of a man. Uh, Tua and Flores were number six. And a lot of this goes into, and we talked about this last year, yes, size is a factor. Uh, age of the coach sure. and physical ability of the coach. No That's doubt. the differentiator. It here. is. Because all the quarterbacks, you got some bigger quarterbacks for sure that could give you an advantage, yeah. but all the quarterbacks are going to be in yeah, this Somewhere ballpark. in the same wheelhouse, right. There's a little bit more variance with the coaches here. So we'll, we'll do 12 today, we'll do 10 our next podcast, and we'll do the final 10, cool. the last one. Um, so let's go through them. you got to give last place to someone. I don't like it. This is not the this I think this is, is, my is least fair for this part. exercise. I think this is fair. Number 32 this year in the Super Bowl rankings, the Miami Dolphins. Mike McDaniel, Tua. So you got McDaniel young. But he's smaller. He's slight. He's small. 5'9", oh, 180. Did, would, yeah, I'm, you're being kind at 180. I would doubt he's 180. <laughs> <laughs> he did play wide receiver at Yale. Right. Um, but that's a that's a significant drop from number six last year with Brian Flores. They go all the way to last in the Yep, list. doesn't mean it'll be that on the field. It just means that it for the Super Brawl is that way. I don't want to be mean, but I'm just saying that every other coach-quarterback combination – would beat up Mike McDaniel and Tua. I'm sorry. That's just what I'm saying. That is, that is exactly I, I, I what I think actually says. I agree with you. So I'm not, I think you're funny, but I, I do agree. <laughs> Number 31, we got the Seattle Seahawks. Pete Carroll, 70, turned 71 in September. I, I'm sure he was a fighter back in the day. 
I'm just not banking on that ability no. today. Right. And I'm, I'm pairing him up with Geno Smith. I think he's going to be the starter day yep. one. So they, they weren't that high last year. They were 24 last year. With Russell, they've dropped down to 31 this yeah, year. Yeah, I, I understand it. I mean, Pete, you're right. One At one point of his life, looked like he like his nose is a little crooked, like he's taken a few jabs in the face sure. before. Right. But, I mean, he is 71, like you're saying. We're getting close to cane territory. You can't win a lot of fights when you're <laughs> holding a cane, all right? <laughs> you're not you're not gonna like Gino's 30. tough, but you know Gino's tough, yes. Yeah. Um so th- they're thirty one. You're not gonna like thirty. Oh, you're disrespectful. Number thirty is the Kansas City Chiefs. We got Andy Reid, we got Patrick Mahomes. So Andy Reid, sixty four. Was an offensive tackle back in the day at BYU. Yeah. So he has that. And that belly's dense. Like, you might break your hand when you punch the belly. That's a concern. Right. That's a concern. (laughs) Right. Defense is part of the game here. Right. You maybe not be the most physically gifted offensive fighter, but can you take a punch and can you take several? Uh, Patrick Mahomes, I question, how much does he want to fight? He's got all, he's got half a billion dollar contract. He's got a great career in the NFL, right. is he going to really be that motivated to fight? Right. Got a little concussion issue, so he yes. might not want to be you know, mixing the head. in there too much. Right. I got you. I got Protect you. The head. I don't, you know, the more you think about it, I mean, if Mahomes, I think, would be a handful. I think Mahomes, he's thick and strong. But yeah, I mean, age for the head coach does play into this a it little bit. It does play no into doubt. it. Number 29, a 37-year-old coach, but we got him here at 29, the Minnesota Vikings. Kevin O'Connell, new new guy. Kind of like Zach Taylor last year. We don't know what we're going to get yeah. with Kevin O'Connell. I got don't you. know a whole lot about him. Did play quarterback at at San Diego. Big dude, though. Big dude? He's big. Like, bigger than me. He is the son of a former FBI agent, He's too. a big dude. He's a, that's the one thing about Kevin O'Connell. I mean, he's, he is. He's big square head, big square shoulders. Yeah. Um, but I, I hear you. Yeah, we don't know about this group. We don't know. They're not unknown. They pro- hey, prove me wrong. Pairing right. him with Kirk Cousins here. Last year, this pairing with Mike Zimmer was 17. That was because I thought Mike Zimmer, while old, Knew some stuff that could take people down. Yeah, yeah. You thought he had something like old man tricks that he old man figured tricks. out. Right. Do some right. sort of neck pinch and you're dead immediately. How uh, you like that? That's what he's going to say to you, Kirk Cousins, when he shows <laughs> that you're tougher than 29. One of the rivals in the NFC North, the Green Bay Packers, at number 28. Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers here. LaFleur, uh, LaFleur 42. Former wide receiver and a quarterback as well. They were 25 last year, so they're going down. And I saw some things. I saw some chinks in the armor last year from Aaron Rodgers. I'm like, oh, no. Has he lost a step? Has he lost a swing right. on the right hook? Right. I, that's that's fair. They're both eight. I mean, he's aging. Lafleur's not a huge human being either. I feel like they're like they if they got in a fight, they'd want to, like, trick you and be like, like, hey, look over there. And then yes. they'd punch you. They're that group. They'd be very Which conniving. They, they, they would have to use their mental. They'd have to use their mental acuity. Mental abilities. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I don't think they could. I think they'd get beat to a pulp, most of, these, <laughs> most of these teams. So they're 28. 27 here is the Indianapolis Colts with Frank Reich and Matt Ryan. Frank is 60. We all know about his you know, long 14-year career in the NFL, yeah. which should help him. But at the, at the age of 60 and now, they were 16 last year with Carson Wentz. Matt Ryan bumps him down to, to 22. He's, I, I would take or 27. Carson Wentz in a fight over Matt Ryan. I think that's fair, especially yes. at Matt Ryan's age of his career. He's kind of a thinner, longer type of quarterback there. Frank Reich, though, yeah, yeah, you know, he's, he know. is a big dude. There's no doubt. Dude. He's a big dude. But I feel yeah. like, overall, you're kind yeah. of agreeing with the rankings so far. So I, I kind of am so far because I know some of the other combinations that are going to be before some of these that I see. Or I go, I, I, you're, I don't think you're right. I don't think you could put them in front of some of these people. Yep. Number 26, the Las Vegas Raiders. Josh McDaniels, new head coach there. Derek Carr. 
Uh, they were 27 last year with Gruden because I thought Gruden was more bark than bite. I wasn't buying it. Yep. Uh, and you know Josh very well, too. Yeah. And Josh doesn't seem like a fighter to me. No, he's. I think, again, it's probably another guy like Lafleur. He's very cerebral. Yes. You know, he'd like to like come in there and tactically like have a game plan to attack you that way. What if we did the Raiders versus the Packers and like McDaniels and Lafleur are trying to like outsmart oh, each yeah, other? Oh, definitely. No one's fighting. They're just yeah. They're sitting there like yeah, getting <laughs> waiting to counterpunch. <laughs> you throw the first punch, sure, sure. But yeah, uh, yeah okay. And you know, Derek Carr's got some toughness there. He for definitely sure. does. He's tough as hell. He is, but I, 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 I got no problem with that. Yeah. Yeah. 25, the Cleveland Browns. Mm. Kevin Stefanski, Deshaun Watson. This was a hard one. Deshaun's a total wild card. I know. I, I do, who knows what, where his, his head is, what's going to happen in this fight right now. Now, Stefanski, I know. he is tough. He is tough. Played DB I know. in college. At UPenn. Two-time honorable mention for all Ivy teams, so he's smart. Yeah. He's tough. Yeah. That's a that's a team where you know who knows what's going to happen, but with Kevin Stefanski, I could see him proving me wrong. I, I think it too. I think he could be a little tougher and a little bit more of a pain in the ass than than maybe you give him credit for. And you're right with Deshaun Watson though. I just too. don't know I mean, what again, you're going to get at this point. Tough can take a hit. What an athlete can create some arm speed. I mean, and he's got some like lower half power and ability right. there so yeah i don't know that's what the first Haven't one maybe had questions so far a little ago it maybe could have been higher but they we'll were see. 11 last year with baker because yeah. partly because i think baker's meant for a, a barroom barroom yeah. brawl oh my oh my gosh and actually if i just put baker back there they would shoot back up the rankings here uh and a couple more number 24 in the new orleans saints so sean payton is out of there i had them nine last year with Taysom hill and sean payton that seems high but that's what I I stick by that. Payton's tough, and he I mean, Taysom tough. Hill's Taysom's a damn tough. tight end that's or true. a fullback, so Good. I get that. You're right. But I don't now think that's crazy. Dennis Allen and Jameis William uh, Winston's coming off of an ACL. That's tough. That is tough. That's yeah, tough. You know, you're right. You know, Dennis Allen. Yeah, we got we got to see first. We got to see a little bit. Jameis, yes. He's a little banged up and injured. I mean, somebody just falls on the leg. It's over. You've lost the fight. So we got we got to get healthier there too. The Saints moved down. A team that moved up. The Denver Broncos. They were 30th last year. This year they're 23. Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson. Now, I don't know a whole lot about Hackett. He's 42. You know him. I do. How would he do in a fight? Um, Uh-oh. That's not He's good. like, no. He's, you know, he's, he's a decent athlete. Oh, boy. He's got some fire in him okay. for sure. All right. Right? I yeah, don't see him. I think a lot of like these offensive guys, though. I think he'd rather be tactically smart than just getting a bore yep. brawl room fight. Fight. He's almost in that McDaniel's Lafleur category, which is why he's in the bottom third. Exactly. Which is why, why we had LeFleur. to put him, which yes. is why we had to put him in the bottom third. Right. Number twenty-two, and this is another fall for a team, the Jacksonville Jaguars. We got Trevor Lawrence, who was the quarterback last year. We got Doug Peterson, though, replacing Urban Meyer, and I I I think this makes sense because while proving to be a horrible head coach in the NFL. Urban Meyer did prove that he's he will mix it up with some people, including a kicker. Well, he he'll will, fight dirty. He, he will fight dirty. We know. We he know. will kick I mean, a kicker. He will. He will fight dirty. He will kick a kicker. He will leave his team and let them fly home and stay at the bar. Yes. I mean, yes, he'll do all those things. He'll do anything to win. Right. Yeah. Or, or, no or doubt about it. I think that's a, little, uh, that's a little low. You think Doug would hold his own? I do. Doug's another guy. He's a big dude. Big dude. Trevor's a big dude. 
that one be that be these this one and the one we got here. I think that you got coming up are the ones that I would probably say are a hair low for me. Ooh, okay, all right. Yeah. And the final one we'll do today, number twenty-one, the Dallas Cowboys. Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott, McCarthy, fifty-eight. He's roughly six-three. I we I couldn't get a current weight. On yeah, it's up there. It's up there. It's in three Bills category. Played tight end at Scottsdale Community College and Baker University. They were 18 last year. You thought I was low on them last year, so yeah. now you're really thinking I'm low. Yeah, this is my biggest issue yeah. with your list so far. It's the only one that I'll push back against. McCarthy is big, and I don't know, he's one of those guys when you see him, he looks tough. I'll just say that, all right? And then where I want to challenge you and go – who do you think is going to beat Dak Prescott up at quarterback? Mm-hmm. Like who? That's the only reason I challenge you. You know, you can you know you can switch the rankings as we go forward if you want to switch them. It's your list or whatever, <laughs> so you don't don't feel. But Prescott to me is an ass kicker, and I wouldn't want to fight Dak Prescott. That's yeah. for sure. I think he'd be, you know, towards the top of the quarterback rankings. That's that's my only pushback. That's that was my really the only one I looked at to go wow. Yes, I need to see it. I need right. to see it. All I need right. to see Mike McCarthy because I think like. Andy Reid, I think defense is solid. Yeah. I think they, You're just not sure. I'm not, not sure, sure offensively. Condition, conditioning you got to worry about, too. Exactly. Two punches, they might be out of breath, and they're like in the corner like, hold on. Yes. Where's the oxygen tank? If this fight drags out, right. do they have a chance? Yeah, That's I hear it. you. Yeah. If it was back. a one-round fight, yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. so. Right. But are we going to three rounds right. here? Different conversation. Yeah. All right, so that's the first installment, 33% of the way through. There's the... The bottom 12, sorry to Mike McDaniel and, and Tua, if, if Tua Nunn wants to respond to that, which I'm sure they, they will, they can do that, and they can make their arguments <laughs> I hope uh, they do against come after it. You. So, um, so there's, the, there's the bottom so far. We think you know, most of these guys in quarterbacks and coaches would lose in a fight. I'm sorry to say that. Yeah, that's okay. All right, I love this. Someone had to be down there. I'm glad, well, I'm glad that somebody else has got to take some Twitter criticism <laughs> other than me. You're yeah, joining the good. fray here. That's awesome. Sure, the Miz is already chomping at the bit to get yeah, back on the Yeah, that's pod. right. Get on Ahmed, please. <laughs> please do. All right, good shit, man. That's it. That's it. We did it. All right, that's Chris Sims, top 40. Chris Sims unbutton. There we go. We are all the way up to, what's our last number, 17. So we got the top 16 coming up. Paul will be here on Thursday. It's a Thursday pod. It's a little weird week, again, because Monday was Memorial Day. But we'll be back here on Thursday. We got more questions to answer from the homies. Keep please sending those in. Uh, love all the entries that Ahmed talked about as far as guessing my top 10. Love the uh, participation there. Download the Points Bet app, all right? And Ahmed. Yes. Thanks again, as always, for driving the ship. Hardest working man at NBC. That's what I'm not saying. Not in sports, but NBC. Not in sports. Yeah. You're up there. Yeah. yeah. You know. We're pretty lazy. Stephen A. Smith, I think, has got you beat just by a little <laughs> bit. All right, everybody. Be good out there. Uh, clap, clap it up. Hoo, 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 Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today.